Welcome to Off Key, a Membrane Labs podcast about the music industry for the industry novice. I'm your host, Talia Seidman Wright. This season of Off Key will be taking a turn down a new path, moving on from the who question towards the how to. Our hope is that this season will act as a music industry 101, providing accessible information for industry newcomers like myself who are interested in building an understanding of how to earn money and achieve success as a creator in Canada's music industry. Join me as I learn about the ins and outs of the music industry from the perspective of two key players in the creation of music, the songwriter and the recording artist. Through research and conversations with music professionals, I'll explore how these creators make money and who and what they should be aware of as they build careers in the ever-evolving music business landscape. This week, we're featuring two interviews that explore the first-hand experience of building careers as a band. I had the pleasure of speaking with Doug, Alida, Jane, and Rose from the band Makuda, based out of Brooklyn, New York, and Jenny and Amin from IMUR, based out of Vancouver, BC. We discussed their experiences building a career from the ground up, from the writing process to live shows to promotion and record deals. I hope you enjoy learning about their experiences navigating the music industry and find their advice helpful for wherever you are in your career. So um, I'm Doug. And I'm Jane. I'm Alita. And I'm Rose. And we are the band Makuda. Yes. We are uh, we actually, it's our last name. We're all related. And so we grew up singing and playing and writing together. And uh, we, um, we are a band that is passionate about what we do first and foremost, but also passionate about connecting with others and building a community and having everybody feel loved accepted respected appreciated and seen and uh it's music's a powerful connecting tool and we want to use that to the fullest degree and so Mm -hmm. um we're a band that is in it for the long haul and we look to you know the bands like you know the rolling stones and and lots of other incredible bands that are touring well into their 70s and 80s and (laughs) and uh hopefully well beyond um (laughs) So we're uh, we're in this uh, with no plans of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually, our our father was in the Marine Corps, and mo- we moved around a lot. Um, yeah. Sometimes once a year, sometimes every so every couple of years. So we grew up uh, all over the world. Yeah. You know, um, we lived in Japan, and then we lived all over the U.S. And so um, that afforded us the opportunity to to be exposed to a lot of different cultures and a lot of different music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Styles and yeah, styles and genres and and cultures and so that I guess the the more you the older you get the more you realize what you were exposed to and how it comes out because you not that we took it for granted but it was just kind of a natural circumstance right. and situation yeah. whether and we all started classically yeah um, classical piano um, voice classical voice cello harp right. violin viola and so. Uh, that was it was like a a huge stepping stone into us playing our band instruments um because it was so we had just lived so many different places that we we could incorporate all the different styles or whatever we wanted um mm-hmm. and you know one place is doing it one way and then you go somewhere else and they're doing it another way <laughs> and you're like okay this is really interesting mm-hmm. and so we kind of wanted to embody that also in the band um that sort of a cultural cross-cultural yeah um, i guess i guess the biggest thing is you know we didn't want to set up any boundaries or 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 guidelines for the band it's like if it means something and resonates with you and you're passionate about it then it's on the table and it should be expressed and explored and and um you know put to put to tape you know and so um you know we also it's just just a really eclectic mix of of music and background, whether it's classical or church or um, traditional music of the region. Um, you know, even even we spent a lot of time, you know, growing up in in the southern U.S. as well. You know, Alabama, North oh, Carolina, yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's a rich history of music down there as well. And so then up north and and the Midwest, and and you know, you kind of get just a a huge smattering even within a country of of just huge variety and huge differences that that you know kind of come into uh our sound and our music as a bit of a melting pot (laughs) well i think it was always just a constant thing we always 
each of us individually have always been interested in music, whether it was put in band form or, you know, us on our own listening to music or playing music in our bedroom. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it was a natural thing that just happened with the band. I don't think it was like an intention to be like, let's have a band. It was, we always just lived it every day. And it was brought to us at such an early age that it was like a toy. It was Mm -hmm. like, people's version of a video game system because it was just always around in a constant it's it's you know and it was a necessity it was Mm -hmm. something that um is ingrained in our identity and dna so um my name is jenny lee and i originally started imur uh with mikey uh about five years ago now um we started over the internet um passing beats back and forth between the Kootenays and Vancouver. And, um, and then I, I moved to Vancouver and we, we decided we wanted to try to put a live set together because at the time, um, people weren't really combining a live electronic as much. Um, especially not here in BC. I don't think there was any acts doing it at that time. So uh, it was working really well for us. We were really enjoying it. And, um, the, you could tell the audience was enjoying it as well as something very special. Um, we met Amin at the time. He was doing his solo act, Simple Machines, which is a crazy looping act. And um, we noticed that he was kind of coming to every single one of our shows. Oh, I was I was talking him for sure. <laughs> and um, so we we had him kind of open for us on our first tour. And then shortly after, we decided to hire him on for a couple of our bigger shows to play violin and bass with us. And uh, and then it was just kind of like we couldn't turn back from there. The the trio was too was too awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the force was too strong. The voice was too strong. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and the rest is history. Well, recent history. <laughs> yeah. Throughout this season of Off Key, we've looked at the creative process of songwriting, both solo and collaborating with others. I spoke with Makuda and IMUR about their songwriting process and what that looks like as a band. We're about to release our album Phosphines on November 15th. And uh, that album is a really good mixture of everything. Yeah, everything. (laughs) And what's interesting is the reason that uh, it is so diversified is that we all write. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. when you get four people that write, even though we are siblings and we all write, it's that we have very strong opinions. So (laughs) you might have more rock coming from the youngest one uh, um, to more uh, classical influences from another one, um, more of a Barry Manilow style <laughs> from someone else, you know, uh, um, more Queen from somebody else. It's it's very interesting because then then we kind of after somebody writes something, then we all kind of work on it collectively together, and which makes hard to pinpoint you know outside of pop rock or yeah alternative genreless a little bit yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. no it's interesting to hear of like a dynamic where people's differences are you know the sort of the glue yeah and and i think that you always have to like and that's what makes great music i think what makes great music and great art is that there is a not every person is a yes yes person and and then i think you stop challenging yourself when you're constantly getting the green light yeah i think yeah. if you're if you're getting the red light and the yellow light and every color between, you know it really makes you dig in and if you're passionate about something you will fight for it yeah. so if we're writing a song and i feel like something's really great and the other three don't or the <laughs> other two <laughs> I do get I get I get mad, but 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 at the same time, it makes you do a self evaluation. Say, okay, am I going to go to battle for this one? Yeah, is it that great? Yeah. Have an idea to go go fight for it, and it's a it's a great um, filtering process. Mm-hmm. It's a great you know um, strength. Yeah, it's not easy, and yeah, it's not fun all the time. Yeah. But it's a necessary process to go through to create something that can be as great as it can be. Mm-hmm. At least we're not having fist fights. Yeah, no fist fights. <laughs> <laughs> I would lose. <laughs> yeah, it's a really it's really fun blending all of these different elements. 
having the production background, a lot of which I initially learned from Mikey, really allows us all to go whatever direction a song wants to take. And that's really nice because you can just put elements into things that you would never be able to otherwise with a live band. Right. There, there are certain things in the writing process that are missing for sure. But again, it's all a give and take. So yeah, yeah. We, we love the music. Can you tell me a bit about that process of writing? Um, it's kind of fluctuated over time. So I guess with maybe you want to how you and Mikey were, were yeah. doing initially. Um, it, it's been a it's been a bit of a few different things. Sometimes um, Mikey or Mean will just send a beat and I'll write over it. Um, often I've written a full song on guitar or piano, and then we've um, fitted the production around that. And then sometimes we've all just been in a room jamming it out. So the guys are building a beat ground up, and I'm kind of sitting behind uh, writing lyrics frantically, yeah. and it all kind of comes together by the end of the day. Yeah. Wow. I think it's been blending a little bit more lately, a, a little bit more. Generally, it's it's Jenny who's writing the lyrics because mm. she's got the soul. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then up until quite recently, actually, it was mostly it was like Mikey bringing the skeleton or the backbone of a beat to the studio, and then we would all work on it together. You know, it's like a he would so he'd bring like a beat that's some like a say like a 60% idea or 65% idea. And then it would be like, okay, well, I'm really feeling that. Let me jump on the bass for a bit. Okay, let me, Jenny's going to write a bunch of lyrics and throw some scratch on it. And then maybe I'll take it home for a day, throw some strings on it and we'll bring it back and be like, oh, it's too melancholy. So Jenny will throw some new keys on it. And then Mikey will, Mikey and I will go back and forth on the computer for a while, like adjusting it until we have a groove that we really like. Um, you know, and then we'll have a couple days of vocal takes and listen again and see where the harmonies are going to fit. And, and then, then totally throw it in the garbage and start all over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> then like not do anything with it for eight months and be, be like, we hate it. <laughs> I mean, that's important too, I guess. <laughs> yeah, really. yeah. No, that's really cool. I mean, it sounds like mm-hmm. being like a multi-instrumentalist is very helpful in that situation. Definitely. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's a good mix because you... We're like jack of all trades, but master of none yeah. kind of situation. So that that can be tough sometimes when you it it's it has opened the door for some really interesting collaborations when we we're like you know what we know we want somebody yeah, who is yeah. way better keys player right and who specializes in that and so we can bring in our friend. Beyond the creative process, I was curious how Makuta and IMUR navigate the business side of being musicians. We discussed how they got started building their careers and what skills they found essential in building a following and promoting their music. I think that there's, and that's such a good question. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of answers to that question. There's a lot of tears. I think the, the first, the first impetus of actually getting out there is, you know, you, you have songs Mm -hmm. and you have something to say and you believe in what you have to say. And so, you know, you book your first gig, you book your first show and, you just get out there and and do it yourself. Get your hands dirty because because ultimately, nobody is going to do it for you, yeah. and nobody is going to be as passionate or care as much about what you have to say or what you dream of doing than mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, I can say that's probably at any stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is as a as an artist and as a band or a solo artist or whatever your endeavor is or or vehicle is, you have to be the person who's caring the most about what you're doing Mm -hmm. and we kind of think the second that goes away is the second where that's the first sign of trouble um so that's that's one side and i think one skill that we realized that we didn't have developed until we were utilizing it and people kind of made note is that you know we had the advantage of of being the new kid all the time yeah yeah. and we say advantage now it wasn't easy all the time but but it is an advantage now because when when you're on when you're on tour you're in a new city every night or a new town um several many times a week mm-hmm. you know and so you're constantly having to engage and having to um you know present yourself and so you ha- we're i think all a lot naturally invert introverts yeah. um and we've had to force ourselves to be introverted outroverts i guess you yeah. Know? yeah so um or you know because when you're at a new school or a new a new country or a new town or a new city as moving as frequently as we did growing up you have to either go out there and make friends and meet people or just you know be alone (laughs) um so it forced us to kind of um 
be out of our shell a little bit more and to engage um, our surroundings. And so that's a big thing about being in, in a band and touring band is you're constantly meeting new people and being around new people. And we do love people. We love that. Um, it's just that you have to get over your initial shyness and reservations. And like one of the th interesting thing is we all do like to take also in different areas. We are try to get some sort of lessons from people from that area. Yeah. That's what I was going to say too. Yeah, yeah. Cause they give you a really great perspective on how they do it or how they play it mm -hmm. or how, um, so we're always trying to learn, but then sometimes you just learn from your mistakes, you know? I think, you know, ultimately there's no excuse anymore for people not to know who you are and, and hear your songs yeah. because it's easier than ever. But because it is easier than ever, you have so many more people doing it. Yeah. And so it is a lot of a lot of uh, noise to cut through. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of beautiful noise. It's not, not bad. So. But, um, you know, I think with social media and with streaming and with how you can get anything, anytime, anyplace, anywhere so immediate, it's so important to not miss out on the human connection, mm -hmm. not miss out on letting people know that there's flesh and blood and a beating heart on the other side of this screen. And you have to really take those, take, you have to be creative and figuring out how can I, how can I further drive home the point that we genuinely love and care about you, who, whoever you are that's listening and caring about what we do. And so doing, we have a lot of cool things planned. Um, and then in with the release of this album and, and next year about how we can further engage and, and drive home. But I think that you, with the advent of everything in social media and technology, we really are making every concerted effort to let people know we really, really care about you and, and having that human emotion because mm -hmm. everything, you know, is so you can, it's really easy to feel isolated these days oh, totally. think, because yeah. you know, and, and I think another thing is that the there are so many on uh, YouTube and and uh, doing Instagram, the, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter Facebook, that that they, it's just for a fleeting moment. Yeah, because it's just so overwhelming. And interestingly enough, we had just gone to a Jack White concert. Cool. And uh, they took everybody's phones. Yeah. yeah. Because they wanted everybody to be in the moment instead of you know, missing out because somebody's camera's in your face, yeah. you know, or phone yeah. is in your face. They wanted everybody to be in the moment, be in the moment, enjoy what music is really about. And so I thought that was very interesting because I yeah. also noticed Madonna did that on this small, when she, she did, did the small, this small theater tour yeah. she's on now. Um, and so that people could be right there present with the music and enjoying the I think you got to remember, it's like, at least for me, I remember a great concert forever. I remember a great interaction I had with an artist, but like, do you really remember like a funny tweet or like a cool tweet you saw like <laughs> two days ago? You know, are you going to remember that in 20 years? I, yeah. I think it's like, we got to really put a focus back on the expression of art and how it's received and, you know, using technology in a positive way yeah. of mm -hmm. doing that. There's so, and, and again, we're all like, we love, social media and the for the fact that we can connect with people all the time anytime yeah, we yeah. absolutely love that we we will respond right back to everybody because we love that interaction but at the same time you also have to put just as much if not more value into the live interaction the live show the the, the meet and greets the you mm -hmm. know the real human flesh and blood interactions and so um there there are some people who just solely exist online yeah and it's like, man, like if Instagram like went down the next day, <laughs> like, holy cow, what would, what would some of these people do? And that's, we've never been one to put all our eggs in one basket. Yeah. So we're just like, Hey, we'll be fine. We can still tour. Like we're fine. We're not reliant on, on social media, you know, or this. And, and, you know, we've had, and, and this is not, you know, a, we're so great anything, but it's just kind of a testament to hard work trumps money. Yeah. Um, and so one example we can give is we played a concert 
in New York where we're based out of, and we sold it out. It was, it was incredible. The people did it. It was an incredible show. The next day we had a, a meeting with a major label and I, I won't say who, but it was, um, you know, it's one of the, one of the massive ones and the next that night. So the next day we had a meeting and they were, you know, it was one of those things where they would have wanted a deal for, and it was about money. Right. It wasn't about the art. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we kind of realized that pretty early on in the meeting and they kind of just started asking us questions like, Hey, we have an artist playing that same venue tonight and they've only sold out, you know, a quarter of, of the capacity. You guys sold out your show weeks in advance. Like, what did you guys do? And like pumping us for information right. and like, and it was, it was, how do you do this? And so, you know, social media is great. But do not rely on that. And, the, and this this band or, or this artist had, you know, 20 times the amount of social media that we had, but they still couldn't sell out one fraction of what we did. And so wow. I think that um, you have to you have to just recognize that and you have to say, OK, I'm going to get out there and do it. And it's about the bodies that come out to the show. It's mm-hmm. not about, you know, the, the 1.5 million followers you have. Ultimately, it's been us getting out there and playing to, you know, zero people or the bartender in Newark, New Jersey, or, you know, playing for four people in um, in Chicago, you know, and then coming right. back and keep coming back. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's really there's no glamour to it. There's no magic wand to it. It's it's really for us. We get out there and we just do it and we've been doing this and touring for for a long time that we've been able to see you know the one turn into 10 turn into 100 turn into 1000 turn into 10000 and you know really just exponentially grow yeah this has been a, a strictly diy operation since mm-hmm. the jump um I can't say that that's what we wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just that we're we're based in Vancouver and there's not a ton of opportunities for uh, support in the way that we would need it, especially for our genre. I think that most people don't really know um, what we like, don't really understand what we do, and yeah. that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do, and so we've just been. Uh, ourselves through our social media and i i think that it was growing more when we were when we play shows mm. uh, because we do have a, a standout show and um we've been playing a lot of them over the last four years mm-hmm. um but as far as spotify goes uh i think i think some of it was just blind luck if i'm if i'm being honest um the first album mikey and i put out we we made in like a month and we had no idea what we were doing and um and one song caught uh i don't even know how but it caught and then it made like a viral billboard chart wow um which kind of shot it into like a a million plays and then i think from then on we were kind of on people's um on people's radar and then with the uh the two follow-up albums we had a lot of success in uh tv shows um and they were generally very like sexy scenes. What shows? Uh, we were in a show called Winona Earp. Um, that's like that one had like the infam- had like an infamous scene where um, these two female characters that have had like a build up for three years, three mm-hmm. seasons, finally had like a lovemaking scene. Oh. And, and our song was like <laughs> right in the front for that. Wow! And so they kind of like launched that song. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, we, we've had a bit of luck here and there, but I think a a lot of it has just been like going out and meeting people Mm. and following up like a hundred times. And (laughs) so, yeah, not just luck, but you know what I mean? A lot of hard work and then like a lot of luck. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. As, as is the case with most things, you just have to constantly be putting yourself in the positions where whether there's luck or not, there, there's if it, if there's anything that's going to happen, it you're going to be able to grab it and run with it as much as possible. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, so it's difficult kind of structuring your life around that. But we also, all three of us individually, have done everything that we can to make sure we're as fluid as possible. Mm. Which you know, individually sometimes makes things a bit difficult. Yeah. But it's 
you know, things aren't easy. Anything worth having is worth working hard for. So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. With social media becoming such an important thing, how do you go about promoting yourself and like building your own brand? Like, did you guys start with like a meeting where you were like, this is what we want to look like. These, this is the imagery, like the visuals we have in mind. Like, did you, was that all deliberate and intentional or? No, <laughs> you say that because we're, we're just starting to do that. Um, I think, I think, I think honestly, like everything that we've put forth so far has just been like genuine and authentic and therefore that's our brand now. Right. <laughs> it's a- uh, an elevated version of ourselves for sure. Yeah. You know, your best face foot forward, but um, I, I think that like we, I think that we might've done it without knowing that we were doing it. Does that make sense? Like yeah. listening to our music and being like, what colors does this, does this make you think of, you know what I mean? And like, okay, so those are the colors we're working with. Like that's our palette or like that kind of thing. But we were never like, I, I wouldn't really say branding discussions, although I, I do think those are important and we're definitely going to be doing those going forward only because it makes your job easier in, like, in the in the bigger sense, because mm-hmm. then you just know if something fits or doesn't and what you should be spending your time and energy towards and not, we're not. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So, so no, we haven't, but yes, we are, are going to. <laughs> There's definitely like, if you look at it overall, you can see moments at where, where things were in flux or where it's mm-hmm. like, kind of like, you know, it's, it's hard to look at things overall like that, but in general, just because there's three of us that, have such different viewpoints but like somehow managed to make it cohesive mm-hmm. it's like there's always these kind of like it's like checks and balances almost mm-hmm. if usually if one person is like very feeling very intensely about something then whether or not that gets used it at least brings up a lot of discussion about it yeah, yeah. and so like we're always down to be discussing what's going into something and always like Jenny's very good about putting things, for example, on Instagram into this app called Unum and making sure that they're matching yeah. up decently color wise. Yeah, I was going to say we have one person running Instagram now. So I think that's kind of helped the scheme because it's kind of challenging. There was a point where we were all trying to take turns on it. It's really hard to keep things cohesive in that sense. But, but yeah, a lot of people are still using Facebook. So we do kind of use all, but I would say that we put the focus on Instagram because it's the most, it's the most fun for us to use. <laughs> it's the easiest to use um and i don't like to be too caught up doing yeah. all that it's like between all of the different hats we have to wear i would say just don't o- don't overthink it yeah a crucial component of building a following and pursuing a career in music is live performance although social media plays a major role in getting your music into the ears of people through online networks live performance is a major part of building a following as an artist IMUR discussed how important it is to them to have a standout live show in order to make a memorable impression on their audience. Makuta also explained what goes into planning gigs and booking tours as an independent band. Well, we've kind of, we've gone through multiple iterations of it and we're now at one that, like we're always trying to improve, but we're just really, really happy with where it's at now. Um, It pretty much features a whole mix of electronic elements with live elements as well and also jenny being a diva up front <laughs> um and so so it's like what it looks like is the three of us kind of spread out in a triangle with me playing violin and bass and um doing some live effects uh like dj style effects um like me playing guitar spd which is like an electric um drum pad and uh, running a bunch of the set from Ableton, also doing DJ style effects. And then uh, Jenny singing, sometimes playing keys, but more and more now like singing and having backup dancers with her. Um, and yeah, so we, yeah, so it's like, we've gotten to take a lot of, of the elements of the songs that would otherwise be unplayable in a live setting and kind of have parts of them there as backing tracks, but then pick and choose very specific interesting focal points um and also what's really nice is if you if you listen to the cd if you listen to an album or an ep what you're going to get out of that is going to be very different than what you get out of the live show yeah, and totally. that's something that we really strive for which is make a make a studio ep and then turn it on its head and see how we can make it something different live but still have that same kind of vibage um totally yeah yeah i think for all three of us one thing that we've all said from the jump is that we don't ever, ever, ever want somebody to come pay to see our live show and be disappointed yeah. or think that the album, you know what I mean? Like they would have rather just stayed home and listened to the album. Yeah. 
I want people to be amazed every time because that's somebody's time and their money totally. that they're, they're spending on you. And so you better make it worth their while. There's nothing worse than when I go to a show that I've been so excited for and like be let down. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It makes me not want to listen to the, even the album as much, you know? So like that's, I think that's just always been a really key thing for us. And so yeah, we try and, we try and create uh, moments like, just just something that's memorable and something that we can we can feel connected with our audience and they can feel connected with us so mm-hmm. that we can all share something together you know yeah the thing that the things that you wouldn't expect to hear like that's what you want right something that'll make you go back to the album and be like oh i remember this happening and that's my own experience with it but it's not there you know but it's in my memory i think that's so cool interesting yeah so it's it's always riding that line too it's always that riding that line because it's like you want to give new people you want to blow new people out of the water so you want to be really tight but you also want to give the impression that like you want to show off your musicality as well totally and i I don't mean like show off like in you know oh look at me i'm super special i mean show off show off as in just like look i'm a real musician and i have something for you to enjoy and pay attention to no matter what skill level you're coming from yeah of music well there's there's a lot that goes into that it's 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 you know um you have to build it brick by brick like i was saying earlier and especially if it's a place you've never played in a market you've never played before um you know what, one thing that we found like early on before people knew us in certain areas was we were beating our heads against the wall because, you know, these days, all these, you know, these bars, or these venues just want to book cover bands. And you're just like, oh, man, like, that's awesome. But it's a sure bet for these venues. You have to understand it's a sure bet for these venues because, you know, they're getting drawn this crowd of people that knows the top 40 hits. Yeah. And, you know, at that stage, we didn't have any, you know, any any songs that people knew or anything like yeah. that. So you're kind of going against, you know, pop radio in a sense or top 40. And but I think I think the biggest thing is just, you know, really saying just cold calling, cold calling up these people, uh, these venues that you think work at, for you. You got to start somewhere. And so <clears throat> take any gig you can in a new market you're trying to develop. Yeah. Or, you know, you also reach out to local support in the area of of artists that you think are really cool and and they have a, you know, similar kind of, it could make a cohesive show. But I think it's, you know, taking the one, I mean, man, we took way early on when we first started playing, you know, here in New York was we would take, you know, the 2 a.m. slot at a, you know, bowling alley. (laughs) (laughs) And, And, you know, no one's there. And we come back the next week and, oh, wait, there's two more people there. So it's, um, not being discouraged in the endeavor of of building that one by one, you know, kind of fan base and support system. And what happens is they'll ask you, can you sell a percentage of the house? Like how yeah. many think that's the first thing when you go right. to a venue, like, you know, how how many think people do you think you can bring in? This yeah. house sits five hundred. The yeah. house sits and we're talking about smaller venues. <clears throat> um, can you give us an estimate so you know we give an estimate and call everybody in favors of everybody we knew can you please come (laughs) to our show yeah and then there's a lot of back work like then doug will set up the stage plots he has to send Mm -hmm. all of that in like what goes where how many mics are needed what kind of input output we need what kind of uh, so that is so detailed now that is one good thing about our 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 team or our band is that he is so detailed that he does things weeks in advance. And sometimes we're limited on then on like, do you have amps in the house? Do you, do we bring our amps? Do we have a, 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 a flat kit that we can use or do we have to bring add-ons or do we bring mm-hmm. the whole kit? Um, so all of that is like done weeks before in advance. Yeah. yeah we, um, and we've been on some pretty sizable tours, um, throughout the years and that's like been the coolest learning experience um for us you know this past this past uh tour we did we were you know we got to play some really cool places like the house of blues to some really great theaters and just iconic places and you know um it was us dealing directly with the venue (laughs) us dealing directly with them and you know coordinating our stage plot and our sound design and and all this sort of stuff and i think it's about taking ownership of every single aspect of what you do and you learn so much from it so that then 
you know, management always changes. Labels can change. Publishing can change. But if you've been talking directly with this venue and the venue manager and the sound engineer there, well, those co- th- those connections don't go away when, you know, you change management or you yeah. change labels or you change um, publishing companies. They stay intact because it's a direct relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's one of the, another big piece of advice that we can give is always make an effort to have a direct line to whoever you're working right. with because, mm-hmm. and don't, don't be, you know, essentially, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but don't be at the mercy of a third, you know, you're being the third party in the yeah. conversation because if something goes south with that, that representation you have, well, then they just took all their connections with you, mm-hmm. with them, you know, and, and you're kind of out in the water. And so make every effort to make every connection and every relationship possible. And like some of our, we've made some incredible lifelong friendships from, from, you know, just talking to the the venue owners and the venue managers and the, the, um, the sound engineers and, and, you know, the staff at these venues. Um, and I think it'd be a shame if you'd miss out on that. And we learn so much. We learn. Yeah. You learn so much from them. I mean, it's crazy. Also for just like bands who are starting out, I always say it doesn't matter if you're performing for, you know, 10 people or a couple thousand, make sure you're giving like you're all each show. It doesn't matter Mm -hmm. if you're, you know, thinking more people are going to come out to a show than you thought, or, you know, way less people come out, just give the same amount of energy and the best performance you can when you're out there because that's what's going to make an impression on people and they're going to bring their friends next time you come through. Yeah. So I think just like also with preparing your show and like I can say like our first show to our shows now we've given everything we could each and every show and that's why <clears throat> more people you know come out and I've talked to other bands who have said you know well this is just our first show it's it's not going to be as great as you know our shows down the line and I'm like well, why not? You need yeah. to just yeah. give everything you have. You can't hold back. You can't be embarrassed. You can't, you need to perform like you're performing at a, an arena every time. While many bands like Makuda and IMUR find success independently, there usually comes a point in an artist's career where they need to assemble a team around them. This can take many forms, depending on whether an artist signs with a label or other companies that provide label services, such as Membrane Labs. In our interviews, Makuda and IMUR discussed at what point an artist might need to take this next step and what they should consider regarding record deals. Yeah, I think ultimately, you know, for anybody, if they're feeling like they have done absolutely everything they can do and they can do no more and they have hit that kind of proverbial wall of saying, I just can't do anything else and they actually feel Mm -hmm. like they have leverage with a label to right. to give them the the clout and the also standing in in a circumstance or business transaction to say no this is the way it's going to go otherwise you're just going to be steamrolled number 1 but number 2 it's it's like you have to you have to have done the work yourself and so if you i guess knowing when is the time you kind of internally know um we're we're right now in the process of of adding um significant team to uh to the release and to what we're doing um and we kind of know when we hit that point we've had the opportunity to go on tour with a lot of really great bands and artists and acts um throughout our career but now as we're developing as headliners and we're developing you know kind of our own you know platform especially with the release of this album um, we recognize where we don't have access to certain things. So we have to employ those people to come in and do it. Um, and, but that doesn't mean we're not doing it with them and, and doing it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 24 hours a day as well. A hundred percent we are. Um, but I think that the right people will approach you. Well, I don't think it was necessarily anybody open doors. I think we were the ones that were trying to get the doors open. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
I think the biggest thing for us is not being scared and just putting yourself out there and reaching out to those people because yeah. you can write and sing in your room all day, but if you're not going to try to get out there and prove yourself or make something of yourself or make those contacts, mm-hmm. it's not, there was nobody. Yeah. I, you know, and I think this is, this is kind of a, a really interesting thing is that the, the people that we tried to chase or that we tried to get to notice us never did. Mm-hmm. And, but, but here's the interesting thing is like, it's actually a really positive thing mm-hmm. because what had happened was, is the bigger people that we didn't even think about reaching out to, or even like would consider not because we didn't love them and respect them and look up to them, but because we just didn't, it wasn't even in our mind. Right. Um, were the ones that reached out to us and saw what we were doing. And, and I think that's the best, like, we all think that is the best possible thing because yeah, yeah, yeah. when you reach, when someone reaches out to you, it's because they see what you are doing and they recognize that and they say, I can add something to that or I can, this could be really awesome yeah. or, or, you know, whatever configuration of that um, instead of, and, and it can't happen the other way. I'm not saying that, but at mm-hmm. least for us, I think that when you chase something, you're kind of at their mercy Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, it can change things. And so we wanted to, we always want to do things on our own terms, Mm -hmm. not out of ego and not out of pride, but out of fulfillment of the vision. We've had the opportunity to work with a lot of really cool people. Um, You know, we're, we're signed to a publishing deal with Timbaland, the producer. Um, And we've had the opportunity to work with him a lot throughout the years um, as a result of that. And then a lot of other people. So, you know, if I guess we ended up with the right kind of deal where we could keep everything and have somebody not change right. who we are. Yeah, I, I think that's a, another thing is that, yeah, like by doing this independently and by having con- complete control, you're able to articulate and express your vision to the fullest degree. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not here to tell you that labels are evil and, <laughs> and you know, like devil run, but you know, <laughs> I, I, I will tell you that, you know, it, they have, they have incredible strengths and will we sign to a major label at some point? Maybe, maybe not. It just has to, if it doesn't help support what we are passionate about in our mm-hmm. vision, mm-hmm. then it doesn't have a yeah. place with us. It depends on the deal that they have mm-hmm. all depends on their, you can go, you can start all the way from the top with like a very, very heavy, like major, major label record deal, which often can be like 360 mm-hmm. agreement or control the rights of the songs, control uh, publishing rights, um, can take uh, percentages of every type of monetary gain, like everything from t-shirts sold to show tickets. Um, but then you're also, you know, potentially the idea is you're getting a lot of investment and promotional investment in return. Right. And those kinds of deals really, it's, it wouldn't make sense unless A, they're doing something for you way more that you could not do. And B, that you also are, are a very well-established artist, I think, because then you have a lot more leverage from the get-go. Um, or you can start from like the very bottom kind of deal where it's like sometimes even do-it-yourself labels. Maybe they'll give you a small advance and they'll offer to handle certain things that you wouldn't otherwise. For example, yeah, promotion, um, studio uh, recording costs, um, things like that. And, but it's, it's on a much more familial level and they're not necessarily going to own the rights to your songs. You can have more leverage discussing those things. And then now you have a lot of things like, you know, the orchard remember yeah. which are like label services, which is this in between thing, which I really like. Yeah. But yeah, I think usually from the DIY perspective, like at least when we've been offered, um, some deals with some smaller labels, they'll straight up say like, we won't take any creative control. That's all up to you. Like mm-hmm. you just run things by us. But like at the end of the day, it's always your decision type of thing. Whereas I don't know what it would be like with like a huge deal with Sony. To be honest, you would probably have some creative control, but you would probably want their input because. Imagine if they can call on the writers and artists that are all part of their crew and be like, Hey, so today we're going to have you sit down with, you know, blank, this ridiculously yeah. well-known mm-hmm. writer 
you know, and they're going to take 20% of the cut and we're going to take 50% of the cut, but you're probably going to make a way better song than you would have otherwise. But then you hear of stories like uh, Kesha, where she was locked in that deal for 10 years and they were wanting to make her image into something she didn't want. So she just stopped putting out music and waited until the contract was over which is like so sad. And like, she's lucky, like she's out of it now and she's already back putting out music and people, people love it. And they knew Mm -hmm. the story so they support her. But like, I can't imagine being just like crushed for 10 years and being like, Oh, well, uh, (laughs) I guess I'll read it. Yeah. It's like Frank Ocean's story. It's pretty crazy as well. He came out on the upper hand. So read your contracts. Yeah. (laughs) Get a lawyer. (laughs) Yep. Exactly. (laughs) Record deals are generally something an artist aspires to in order to provide financial and administrative support in building themselves as a business. However, in Canada, artists are especially lucky because there are funding options to support your musical projects. Canada's funding structure for the arts is well known internationally, and there are many funding opportunities available to Canadian artists. IMUR discussed their experience with funding, noting how important it's been to their career. Absolutely. I don't know where we would be without really. without uh, Canadian government grants. For sure. Um, music, actually all of them, Music BC, Creative BC, Factor. Um, we haven't applied for any other ones, but I'm just starting to learn more about those now. Um, but yeah, we had our last two albums funded by Creative BC. Wow. Or like 50% funded. Yeah. Um, and quite a few tours yeah. uh, supported by Music BC and Factor. Yeah, absolutely. We've gotten to go to a lot of showcases. We've gotten to go, we were selected to go play a seven show stint in uh, India what? in December last year. Oh, cool. It was yeah. insane. Yeah, yeah, it was really ridiculous. It was us and one other band and we all went to, uh, yeah. Yeah, anyway, so yeah, that was like, that's an experience I still, like I talk about as if it was like a dream that I had because yeah. it literally, it just seems like a crazy dream. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we've gotten quite a bit of funding. Um Huge shout out to Lindsay from Music BC and Gina from Creative BC. Um, and I guess Derek from Factor. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, those those kind of grants are, they seem prohibitively complex when you're first getting into it. Right. They are. <laughs> they, they are. They definitely are. They definitely are. But like, like, for example, you and I both are so down to chat with people about stuff. Yeah. It's crazy how after one thing. talk. Just talk to people, like ask friends or other musicians that you respect that have gone through the process. And if they have time, I'm sure they'll help you out. We even in the beginning had somebody send us like a template of what they did. And obviously like we're such a different genre from them. They weren't worried about Mm -hmm. us stealing their, Mm -hmm. their ideas because it has to be individual based on your project. So at the end of the day, you having somebody's template doesn't mean you're going to use their words because it has to be very specific. People see right through it. So, but yeah, ask for help. And then, put in the time Mm -hmm. and make sure you give yourself ample time to review. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's so, so worth the work. Yeah. Like honestly, so, so worth the work. Yeah. I don't, we would, I don't know where we would be without those grants. What does happen in this type of governmental and or like federal and and provincial grant context is the people who know how to apply and that have shown consistent, like moving forward in their career with work are definitely going to have a leg up with these type of grants. So that's the, that's the thing is like you, let's say, you know, somebody who is like the craziest musician and they make like the most amazing, beautiful EP of like prolific, beautiful R and B music that doesn't necessarily the quality quote unquote of their music is not necessarily going to help them get a grant. They're going to have to show that they've done a lot of other work business wise and career wise to, so that when they get money from a grant, it's going to actually go towards something specific because they literally have quotas. Yeah. Yeah. They will look at the end of the year and they will literally be like, okay, we gave, you know, $2 million to BC. How many, yeah. how many record, how many record deals? Wow. Yeah. How many albums sold, etc. Because the whole point is to st- all of these grants are to stimulate economic and cultural growth. Yeah. And so they are, they are looking at certain things around that. So yeah, I will say that it is a blessing and a curse. I would agree yeah. with that. Both Makuda and IMUR are great examples of independent bands building careers for themselves in a highly competitive industry. I hope you learned as much as I did from our conversations, and be sure to check out their music and support emerging artists who create great music like these bands do. Here's some final advice from Makuda and IMUR for any creator starting out in the industry. You have to remember 
that you are the only you. Mm-hmm. You in the history of forever. And you have to embrace that fully and completely. Um, I can never do or sound or write or sing or play like Alita and vice versa. Um, As much as I love and idolize someone like Freddie Mercury, I could never be him, but he could also never be me. Right. And I think that, and that's not like in a, like a egotistical way. It's, it's just in an individual way. And, and I think that for people starting out in music, that's the biggest thing is, that we found is identity. And and then once you find your identity, you find your purpose. And because so, people do try to smash yeah. that identity. Yes. And the other thing is, I think you have to say, I lo- do I love music? If I love music, then guess what? Criticize on because I love what I'm doing. And if you can't handle that, then don't do it. So yeah, I mean, ultimately don't lose who you are yeah. and don't lose why you started writing music and singing or playing guitar or, or piano or drums or bass or cello or harp or whatever instrument yeah. or writing lyrics. Don't, don't lose sight of why you started and go back to that and, and carry that. Surround yourself with people that want to see you be the best person you can be. Yeah. And I know because we are four of us, we, we can kind of help, help yeah. each other. But when you're alone, you've kind of have to say, okay, find somebody that's going to be a positive influence in your life and not a person that wants to drag you down to their level because that's very destructive i think to any sort of person that does any sort of creativity yeah, absolutely. um that can wear you out yeah. yeah but i think just be your own advocate don't be fearful and yeah. you know if if it's something you love and you really believe in what you do pursue it as hard as possible because too you never know like say you know you get a hundred no's and then you decide to quit because you're like, oh, I just can't take this. This isn't worth it. But who knows what that next door would have been that you would have knocked on. It could have been that yes, or it could have been that person that's like ready to take you. So to just always plug along, let anybody tell tell you, no, you can't do this or this isn't how you're supposed to. There are no rules to music. There are no yeah. rules to anything. You, you make up your own destiny. So, and I also think just try to be as unique yourself as possible because you know we've had so many things where we've gone into studios and you know they'll say oh well no one's ever done that or um you know we've never really recorded anything like this and that's the point of creating music and you creating music (laughs) is you need to try to push and not go into a writing session and say oh I want to write a song that sounds like this artist or I want to have a vibe of this song that just was on the radio yeah um we've done really weird stuff in like the backgrounds of our our music just to kind of make it more punchy and more us and so i just say be as unique as possible with your music and that's what drives people to you because they're not hearing stuff like that on the radio or hearing um a message that you've said that just is from a personal experience before and so it just kind of ties everyone together biggest advice that I could give any artist is do this because you absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. There's no other way. Yeah. There's no other way. There's no, there's no other point. You can, you can be a, a hobbyist musician and, and enjoy that and get your kicks off that and not have to go through, to be <laughs> honest, a lot of the pain and sacrifice that yeah. becoming a full-time musician entails. But yeah, if you want to be a full-time successful musician, just know there's going to be, it's going to be a very challenging road, but it's going to be worth it because you would rather not do anything else. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Roller coaster. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, go write a song about that. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I got some some beats in the bank. Okay, perfect. I, I mean, like, I, I think uh, the tone of a lot of the advice has been wariness just because you go into it, just because you go into it, like with anything so kind of fresh faced and oh, smiley. Yeah. And it's just, it's easy. There, it's an ocean. There are sharks. You have to watch out for yourself. So the number one piece of advice that I would give is take your time. Don't rush into any business arrangements and inform yourself. Reach out to people that are more experienced than you. Um, reach out to like you know provincial granting organizations, other mm-hmm. musicians, 
writers, you know, studio people, never be afraid to ask somebody just like, hey, can we go have a coffee? I want to pick your brain or even just have a phone chat. The, mm-hmm. Like knowledge is power, as funny as that sounds. The more info you have, the better prepared you will be to say no yeah. to things. Because every, every no that you say gives you an opportunity later for a yes. So just be careful when you say yes, what you're saying yes mm-hmm. to. That's all. Mm-hmm. I guess like make make lots of friends in the industry, like go to lots of events and support the local scene where you live. Um, I think that's really important for a lot of reasons. Um, and then also you have that network, like Amin was saying, like with people you can talk to and like you can offer support or they can offer you support when you need it um, because it's really, it's really like potent to have that. And also um, that can come in really crucial when you're looking for constructive feedback or criticism about your mm-hmm. work before progressing to the next level, which I think it's really important to get other ears on your music and not just your mom or your best friend, Hmm. people that understand the music and um, that will be honest Mm -hmm. with you. And I mean, friends too, because just because they don't maybe understand from a technical perspective, they may still just be able to say, I don't like this part. I don't know why, but I don't like it. Mm -hmm. But being able to listen to those things with an open heart. And I know it's hard because our ego can get so attached to our artwork, but um, even if you don't agree with it, just try and, and listen and then maybe decide after why you agree with it or why you don't. And is that reasonable mm-hmm. or are you just being stubborn? Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, I think that that's how you'll, your work will continue to get better and you'll grow as an artist is when you're open to constructive criticism and feedback. What would Mike Yeah. What would, what would Mikey say? I feel like he always has the same kind of advice. But... Uh, derp hard. <laughs> work harder (laughs) wake up at 6 a.m every morning and no (laughs) yeah i mean i know no i mean like like put the time in put the time in and work hard and i don't know there there seems this what i've what i've learned a lot over the time over over the time of being a musician is that just because it's like a flowy artistic creative endeavor doesn't mean you shouldn't approach it like systematically about practicing and learning yeah. the craft. So it's like, just like anything, it's funny. Cause it's like, if you're going to be a construction worker, you got to go take courses and like learn how to use a hammer properly. Mm-hmm. And then like you get you know, different skill levels and go to different courses. You know what I mean? It's like, you're always improving those skill sets to become better and better. And it's the same thing with any type of artistic mm-hmm. craft is like study things that are uncomfortable yeah. to you. Go outside of your comfort zone. Learn styles and study your influences. Influences, <laughs> totally. like yeah, take it, take it as a serious craft, and yeah. you will be rewarded. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's actually interesting. Back in the day, when people said uh, in the day, like the Renaissance, when people said the word genius, like today we take the word genius to be a very individual thing. Like that person specifically is a genius; they are special. But the way it used to be used, the genius was genius was like a spirit. It literally was mm-hmm. like you became a conduit for some energy that was beyond you that you channeled. Yeah. And the idea was if you built all of the skills so that you were this perfect conduit, then there would be no resistance to this mm. essence passing through you. So yeah. that's kind of the way that I view it. Is like sometimes you do write things and it's like you don't even it's crazy. It's oh like, my gosh. Yeah. There's so many songs where I'm like, I don't even remember. Right. Yeah. Like what, what, how did that even happen? Yeah. It's just, things just work super smoothly, but it's because you've written a thousand songs. Yeah. I spent, you know, yeah. Thousands of hours playing hours instruments stay in the studio. Yeah. Like, it's like, no, like, yeah. you know, there's very, there the stories of somebody actually just waking up with no skill level at all. And then just like, <laughs> you know, like playing the virtuoso classical pieces. What do we say all the time? That's the final quote. Uh, uh, working, working uh, 10 years so we can quietly blow up overnight. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much to Doug, Alita, Jane, and Rose from the band Makuda, as well as Jenny and Amin from IMUR for taking the time to speak with me and contribute their insights to this podcast. Be sure to check out both bands on social media and listen to their music on whatever platform you use. So actually today, um, when we were taping this, the pre-order just went up for our new album, Phosphines. Um, it'll be available everywhere on November 15th. And uh, you can find like all, all about us, all our social media links at www.makutamusic.com. So makutamusic.com. And um, all our social media is there, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and um, YouTube, Spotify.
everything and uh we're just really excited to get this this first uh this first new album out and um we have a lot more planned for for next year but um we're excited to start start with this uh collection of 11 songs yeah so social media all of our handles on all the instagram facebook twitter are slash the words we are and then the letters i am you are Spotify, like Jenny said, Apple Music, all the different platforms. It's the letters I am you are with spaces in between. And uh, yeah, otherwise, we're actually taking a little bit of a, of a hiatus to work on music Yeah, through the winter season. But we've got three albums and two singles online. <laughs> so, and uh, two of the singles are pretty fresh. So definitely check them out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Off Key. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. They really help us to improve and create the best content possible for our listeners. If you have any topics that you'd like me to cover, please email me at offkey at membrane.net or send me a message at either Membrane Labs or Talia SW on Instagram. This episode of Offkey is written and produced by me, Talia Seidman-Wright, with writing and research assistance from Dino Cilotti. Thank you to Torben Witterman for creating the music used in our intro and outro and transitions. Offkey is a member of Membrane Entertainment Canada, aka Membrane Labs, a music services company that provides distribution and label services for Canadian artists and labels. We're also exploring ways, like with this podcast, to help all musical artists be better informed, know their rights, and ensure that they get all of the money that is rightfully owed to them. Coming up is IMUR's single, Lips, Tongue, and Teeth followed by Makuta's song Fire off their latest album, Phosphines, featuring Toronto artist City Fidelia. Wondering if you got the time to take me on Maybe we can go all night long Hit the freeway, take it back to my place You can make my hips sway, I can make your knees shake Got it feeling like an earthquake, whole place No chase, no waves Take our time, sipping on some wine, sipping to sublime. I'ma make ya. I don't wanna hear you talk. I just wanna see you walk over to me. Show me what else you can do with those lips, tongue, and teeth. I don't wanna hear you talk. I just Down for a long time Only question your place on mine Nothing but a victimless crime If we spend this night together Doesn't matter what the weather I got the leather You could bring the feather Whatever You know that I could do it better than she can So tell me what's the plan, baby Hit the freeway Take it back to my place You can make my hips sway I can make your knees shake Got it feeling like an earthquake Whole place No chase No waste we could take our time, sipping on some wine, sipping to sublime, I'ma make you mine.
that fuego This gon' be the flame that got my homies on the payroll Money gon' multiply, I hope we never divide Attention is getting high, the perfect time to live Lucas, I know More money, more problems, that's what Biggie taught me But these problems no Biggie, cause my people's got me No Versace, but still snapping for the paparazzi Snap, snap, click, click, yo, they coming at me Everybody wanna be famous, celebrities, entertainers When I die, yo, this kid finna remember, finna remember. What my name is I told Doug I'm sticking to the people that I came with Oh, love Now I'm chefing like I'm chef boy, y'all Keep going, dog, you only got about four y'all Five will get you two Nickies and it may not Boy, I'm coming for this spot, everybody know I got I got fire Vem 